0: Welcome to Tour of Truth with Krista and Company. And today's company, the lovely ladies that I share Bible study with Barbara Emerson. Hello. And Mary Cochran. Hello. So we are on week three of. Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And this is a very powerful study. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to the prior podcast or to join in on the the other weeks of study, I do highly recommend that you look into getting this workbook and and diving in with us. We have recently reviewed Reality 1, which is God is Always at Work. We're moving on from that now, and we're moving into a couple of, of the other realities. One important point is that there is a huge difference between knowing something to be true in our head versus actually experiencing the reality of it in our life, right? Yes. You know, John uh, seventeen three, Jesus said, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. We have to know him, not just know about him. And there is just such a transformational difference when we grasp the concept of this real relationship with a person, not just information about a person. Yes.
1: Well, and a relationship with God is a lot of times married with a relationship with our friends, with our spouses. It's intimate. Yes. A very good example is when you get married, you know, you go to the service, you have this beautiful ceremony, and you're committed to each other, but you're not going to tell your spouse, hey, you know, it was great seeing you for today. I'll see you in a week. You know, you have fun. I'll do my thing. I still love you, but we're not together for a whole week. And then you come back together again, and they're like, oh, here we are again. What do you think your spouse is going to say? Like, I know that's we're supposed to be together in a relationship. Not because we're supposed to, but because we want to, because we want to know one another and love each other and just grow together in in that love so sometimes it's easy for me to put things into perspective in that way because then you kind of see that picture that you relate to it that is actually how he
0: thinks of us he calls the church the bride of Christ and we are supposed to be in this covenant relationship with him an intimate relationship just like a husband exactly. and wife like you're talking about Barbara when Jesus said eternal life is knowing God and Jesus as his son he wasn't referring to the kind of knowledge we get by reading books and going to seminars truly knowing God only comes through experiencing him in personal ways as he reveals himself to us through his word and as we seek him we begin to relate to him and understand him and you know he will always work in you before he'll work through you, right? Yes. And the neat thing is it's God that's pursuing this love relationship with us. And it's real and personal. I was podcasting with my friend Karina. I had been traveling several days before. And so I had just gotten home. I hadn't had a chance to go to the grocery store. She didn't know that. Anyway, she showed up and she had tacos with her for me. She said, the Lord told me to bring you lunch. And she said, but I want to tell you, I really think he really wanted me to bring you lunch because I started to leave without it. And I heard him in my spirit say, don't forget the tacos. <laughs> and, uh, you know. And so and I told her when she told me that story, I said, well, that is so awesome because because I haven't been able to grocery shop. My husband's on his way home right now from the airport. He probably hasn't had lunch and I have no food in the house. And we're gonna, so, be and we're gonna eat tacos, <laughs> thank you. And that's how awesome yeah. that it is though and how intimate and personal is the Lord wanted to bless me with some tacos. He, kn- he knew I had been diligent to spend time with him and he's taking care of me. And I just think yeah. that's the neatest yeah. thing, even in these little the little taco story. Everything that we're experiencing from God comes in response to his invitation. This is why salvation comes through the free gift of God's grace and there's no boasting that we can have about it. It doesn't come because we initiated the relationship with him. You know, it only comes because he pursued us first. Romans 3:10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understand and no one who seeks God. And then Jesus said in John 6:44, "No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him." And these are really key verses to let sink into our hearts as deep truths because that particular verse, John 6, 44, becomes one of those verses that helps us identify when God is working around us because we don't think about God. If it's not in our natural, and he's telling us right there, it's not in our natural DNA inside of us to pursue God. Mm -hmm. You know, and so if we are If a person is thinking about God and questioning things of God, something's going on there with the Holy Spirit because he said it's
1: him that will initiate that relationship and draw us to himself. We can say for a fact that our relationship with him is so real that we can say, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind because it's so real and we can literally feel it.
0: You know, and it's a work of the Holy Spirit in the salvation of men and women, and that's actually known as the regeneration of the heart. Before a person is able to respond to the message, of the gospel they have to be given ears to hear we're not even capable of understanding the message of the gospel until the Lord opens our eyes and opens our ears because we're born dead in sin and we have to be made alive by God he has to open our ears spiritually so that we can positively respond to this call for repentance you know just think about a corpse does a dead person have the ability to respond to anything they can't right Colossians 2 13 says and you who were dead in your trespasses and the the uncircumcision of your flesh, he's speaking of our hearts, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. So without this work of the Holy Spirit, we would remain condemned and dead in our sins. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? There isn't a lot of fruit when we don't have that relationship with God. You know, we can look at all the things we did, but they kind of were meaningless at the end of the day. It's like, okay, all for what? Oh, yeah. You know, but when we're in that right relationship, you start seeing all of this fruit and it's exciting. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, I see that my life has purpose. You actually see that your life mattered in someone else's life now and you're actually helping them by the Holy Spirit working through you. He's opening their eyes, but using you as a tool to do it. And it's a beautiful thing. Blackaby starts this week with a story about how his daughter was diagnosed with
2: cancer. And he tells us when you're under difficult or confusing circumstances, it's okay to ask God to explain what has happened and what you should do but don't ever allow your heart to question God's love his love for you was settled on the cross so it's easy for us to question God's love for us when things go wrong when the disciples were in a raging storm in the boat they woke Jesus and asked him Lord don't you care that we perish and we are subject to ask the same question Lord don't you care Romans 8 sheds some light on that question for us it says in verses 35 and 37 can anything ever separate us from Christ's love Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved
1: us all the circumstances and all the troubles and uh, the pain that we may go through in this life is also preparing us for for eternity sometimes we have to go through that to be purified to be closer to him because where we're going is to be with him and this is just a little bit of time here so the lives that we live here and what we have to endure and everything is purifying us bringing us closer to him because sometimes we're we're in the deepest trouble nothing else matters except for him and you know sometimes we don't see it right away but ultimately ultimately our entire life is to be close to him, to love him. Yes. I think
0: that the first thing we have to firmly establish in our heart is that God's love for us never changes.
1: But that doesn't
0: mean that we can't ask the Lord to explain to us what's going on. You know, sometimes we're confused and we don't understand. And when we're in that relationship, even when it's hard, he will help us understand. He may not give us the full roadmap of what's happening, but he'll put peace in our heart. He'll help us know that he's with us and that we can trust him. And when we just learn, His character, we learn to trust His guidance also as we go. But a love relationship with God is more important than any other single factor in our entire life. That is the most important thing. Everything in our Christian life, everything about knowing and experiencing Him, and everything about knowing His will will depend on the quality of our love relationship with Him. And if that's not settled in our life, nothing else in our life will be right, Mm -hmm. whether we realize it or not. And I love that be pointed out that if we try to summarize the entire Old Testament, it could be expressed in this one verse. It's Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. We have to ask ourselves that question. Do I love the Lord with all of my heart? Really? Do I? Because he told us that he will have no competitors, not money, not popularity, not power or authority. He said in Matthew six twenty four, No one can serve two masters either you'll hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's a personal one for me. You guys know, so I'll share it with those listening. I actually had a moment where God spoke that particular verse to me. At a women's conference, it's one thing when you read a verse, and it's different when God speaks the verse to you. And so I had to sit there with that and ask the Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean to me? What are you saying to me? Because obviously, if you're saying something to me like that, then there's something you want me to do, mm-hmm. something I need to change. And it did require a huge adjustment in my life. And that's what it was leading me to. When God speaks to us about something in our lives, typically it's because he wants us to make an adjustment.
1: Yes, and you know what is interesting because I happened to be rooming with Krista at that particular <laughs> conference. So after she kept talking about it and she had her moment, you know, silence and prayer. And she said, I'm going to do it. And we were all there. We we're so excited for her trying to encourage her because we were like, if God's telling you, then you better listen. I didn't know
0: exactly what God wanted me to do, but I felt like if he's telling me not to serve God in money, then my life has got to change. I need to be focusing my time on him. I don't think God calls everyone to quit their jobs, right. but I think sometimes he does call certain people to do that. And I was feeling like God was asking me to quit my job.
1: Sometimes when you tell people that don't know what we're talking about, they're like, wait, you're going to do what? <laughs> because God told you what do you mean you know we do have to be obedient and some things that could be really hard and in this case like quitting your job but it could also be in a relationship it could be mm-hmm. in your friendship it could be in so many different ways not everybody's going to understand it they may judge you they may make fun of you that doesn't matter because our obedience is to God to paraphrase Matthew six thirty
0: one, Jesus did say that from his love for you he'll provide everything you need and when you love yes. him and him alone he'll meet all of your needs when the Lord's asking us to give everything up he says, I care for you. You know, of course I care for all of the needs that you have. I'm just asking you not to focus on those things and just trust me to provide them. Deuteronomy 6, 12 says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God. There is an important truth that we need to drill into our hearts and that is that God did not create us for time. He created us for eternity. If we live only for time, for the here and now, we will miss the ultimate purpose of creation. And if we don't recognize that God created us for eternity, we'll invest in the wrong priorities. You know,
2: he said we need to store up our treasures in heaven. Krista, you mentioned that we were created for eternity and that we should not live for time because we'll allow our past to shape our life today. And so Blackaby teaches us that our life as a child of God ought to be shaped by the future and by what we will be one day and how God uses our present experience experiences to mold us for future usefulness here on earth and it reminded me of a scripture in Philippians chapter 3 where Paul says no dear brothers and sisters I have not achieved it but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead and I think that's another foundational principle that we need to learn as Christians to forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead the Bible says his mercies are new every day That though our sins are red as crimson, he will wash them white as snow. It doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. So Blackaby tells us to let our present be molded and shaped by what we are to become in Christ, not by what sin you did in the past. You know, Abraham was married to his half-sister and lied about who she was to protect his own skin, twice, and the Bible calls him a friend of God. David committed adultery and had not only her husband killed, other men had to die along with him. And the Bible calls him... A man after God's own heart. The devil knows your name, but calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but calls you by your name. Mm.
1: That's beautiful. So I love that. Deep.
2: And it's so when so your true.
0: relationship is as it's supposed to be, we'll always be in fellowship with the Father. And it's beautiful that He does call us by name. It's personal and it's intimate. People who struggle to spend time with God, they don't have a scheduling problem. They have a love problem. From day one, God wanted an intimate relationship with us. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve were hiding, and then they didn't show up for their walk with God because they had sinned, God knew what happened, but He still showed up and He said, where are you? How oh, that must hurt God's heart heart when we don't show up. When he comes to meet with us, maybe you've set aside time to journal or to pray or to spend some time with God. And what about the day that you just don't show up? He showed up and he says, where are you, Krista? That just hurts my heart to think about that because that's how faithful he is. And he is pursuing us and he's so gentle. God pursues and orchestrates ways for us to experience him, but we have to make him a priority that doesn't get pushed aside. I remember from a sermon years ago, a pastor was talking about spending time with God and he recommended actually putting it in your day timer and making a time that you're committed to that you keep and don't move it aside because you don't meet with a physical being that's in front of you you are meeting with the creator of the universe there is no setting that appointment aside this is priority it's how you're going to start your day and you
1: make that appointment and you keep it. Yes, because it's it's a priority.
0: He told us to meditate on these words day and night. He knows we would forget. People in the o- Old Testament in the stories we read, we see where he told them to set up a right. you know, something to remember, you know, some victory that he gave them or something he did for them, a marker so that they could look back and remember because he knows that our natural tendency is to drift away from him, but that doesn't make it okay. It really doesn't. That's actually a dangerous place for us to be. And so we can't say, oh, well, we're prone to wander because we are, that it's okay with God. It's actually not okay with him. That's also why it's so critically important that we stay in this daily walk with him because we need him every day. It's new mercies every day because yes, we're going to mess up, but that's where his grace is sufficient.
1: We're just so used to it. We're just so used to the everyday life that everything else is more important. It's just so easy to say, oh, I'll do it right right after. Mm-hmm. do my laundry and honestly the times that i have been guilty about that it's like I'm doing all these things that i know that i should Wait on doing and then I just feel this uneasiness I just want to get to my bible I just want to get to my bible study finally get to it you're like I'm like oh, why didn't I just push everything to the side before I did it? you know what I'm saying so there's just something that you naturally want to go back into when you are in a, in a relationship with him I think because you just kind of need it like David said my soul longs for you my soul pants for you
0: you know and these were his expressions of love that he wrote down because his soul longed you know and, he, and we can read these psalms and these prayers that he wrote, he loved him with all of his heart. And that's the greatest commandment. And that's what the Lord wants from us, just that we love him with all of our heart. And that's our focus. It's
2: true that a lot of times we will make time or take time to do other things and then claim that there's no time to spend with God. So for me, one question that I can ask myself if I haven't found time for God is, did you go to the gym today? Exactly. Because 1 Timothy four eight says physical exercise has some value. Can you say some value? <laughs> some <laughs> but value. spiritual exercise is much more important for it promises a reward both in this life and the next. I could also ask myself, did you watch TV today? Exactly. So, you know, exercising is not bad. Watching TV is not bad. But neither of these things are as important as cultivating a love relationship with God. And if you found time for these things but couldn't find time for the Lord, then as black could be said, you really don't have a scheduling problem, you have a love problem, right? Exactly. With these foundational truths that he's been teaching us that it is God that pursues a love relationship with us, I've had such a good stirring throughout this study. And having two small children at home, I got to the point where I would justify sleeping as late as I could you know, until the kids got up and then trying to spend time with the Lord while they napped. And sometimes that happened and sometimes it didn't. But having my heart stirred in that love relationship and responding to God's love for me, I started setting my alarm early to get up and spend time with him again. And, you know, my husband's always gotten up very early and it got to the point where his alarm doesn't even wake me up. I don't hear it. It does not cause me to stir because I know it's not for me. You right. know, we can train our ears for certain ringtones or whatnot. Yeah. So I would completely sleep through his alarm. So then I started getting up early again to spend time with the Lord. But I, I got to the point where I was so excited to do it that his alarm started waking me up. And so even though my early alarm was still set 45 minutes after his, I would get up when he got up because right. I was just so excited. You know right. what I mean? Right. And it's because my heart had been stirred. Yes. And it is that love relationship. You know, in, in high school, I think school started at 7.15, which is pretty uh, early. Yeah. Yep. And I was never a morning person. So (laughs) I get it when people are like, oh, I just can't function in the morning. I get it. But I started dating this guy. I was head over heels for him. And I would actually get up early enough to go have breakfast with him before school started at (laughs) 715. So the point is when you truly love somebody, you are going to make time for them. You are going to take time to be with that person. Make them a priority. Yes. But it all stems from the love relationship and I don't think that could be said enough because Mm -hmm. everything going forward from this time on for the entire study is going to stem from the love relationship.
0: We're called to a love relationship before we're called to any form of ministry or service. The quality of my love relationship will determine the effectiveness of any kind of ministry or really anything that God's gonna do in and through me from now on. So ladies, I think we are at a point where we need to wrap up our podcast okay. and maybe summarize this study and how God acts or acted and what he did or does to take the initiative in pursuing this relationship with us. The things that are coming to mind for me right off the bat are that he prepares our heart. Uh, Deuteronomy 36 says the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all of your heart and all of your soul and live. And then two would be that He opens our eyes. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him.
1: He also works in us, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. That's Philippians 2.13.
0: Mary, would you mind closing us in prayer?
2: Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for pursuing us. Everything that we have, every good and perfect gift comes down from you. You never change. You never cast a shifting shadow. You are always good. And I just thank you for pursuing us. Lord, I thank you that you leave the 99 to go after the one that wanders away. Lord, I thank you that you have set us up for success in relationship with you. I thank you for revealing things to us. I thank you for illuminating your word to us. I thank you for. Uh, discernment, for revelation. Lord, I thank you for just equipping us with everything that we need for life and godliness. You are such a good God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us hearts to respond to that love. And I just ask that you would help us to love you more and to love you with
0: all of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to hear another podcast or if you'd like to play this one again, you can find us at touroftruth.com or you can find us on Facebook. I look forward to chatting with you again soon.